Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, in my opinion, the scariest stories are the ones that don't have any room for jokes or laughter. Live from Liverpool... The Dark Paranormal of Kevin Eustace. Welcome to The Dark Paranormal. I'm often torn by the power of belief. One of our earlier stories touched on the idea of a tulpa, a being that you bring to life just by giving it thought. But it makes me think about perception, belief and reality. It's been said that reality is just a hallucination that two people agree on. And studies into quantum physics seem to imply that in actual fact, reality is a lot, lot stranger than even that. People throughout history have feared the word occult due to films like The Exorcist, The Omen, Rosemary's Baby and infamous occultists such as Aleister Crowley, the alleged wickedest man in the world. The power of this fear is amazing in certain people. I once knew a lady who refused to have a VHS copy of The Exorcist cross the threshold of her house in the belief the VHS alone would invite evil into her home. But, you see, the literal translation of occult means hidden. It's the idea that there's a different way of living your life that's being kept hidden from you. Conspiracy theorists would say that's so you don't exercise your free will and that states and governments can keep you under control if this free way of living is kept hidden from you. Throughout history, however, secret societies such as the Freemasons and Rosicrucians have attempted to do research into the occult to perhaps find the secrets to an easier life. Some claim to be able to explain it through science. Others claim it's only achievable through rites and rituals. In today's story, we may, and I do mean may, catch a sight of such a hidden group. But if we do unveil such a group, against their will. What is the cost? The following story comes in from someone who'd like to remain anonymous. Hi Kev. I'd wish to remain anonymous. 
I've changed locations and names, but otherwise each and every part of this story is true. I'm from a very small village on an island north of Scotland. It's not just remote, it's very remote. It's a boat to the mainland twice a day, remote. And that's only in good weather. In winter, you can go days without mainland access. We have a school, a shop, a pub, and there are a few factories to the east of the island, so it's not complete isolation. There's just about enough to keep you sane. The island has a strange history. There are several places which just have a otherness to them. It may be no coincidence that these places happen to be near thousands of year old shrines, carved out of rock made by some God-fearing sailors or Vikings. Our village has also had its share of rumours. We got a lot of flack during the 70s and 80s as rumours spread the islands that we were a hotbed of satanic worship and child sacrifice. Now, we've definitely had some strange folk as neighbours and as townsfolk, but I think this particular rumour was down to city folk seeing some likeness in our little village and the place from the Wicker Man. Doesn't take much, right? That said, there is, and always has been, a kind of blanket of the supernatural that kind of hangs over the place. Not just in the landscape either. Us residents definitely have a belief in the paranormal. I'd guess much higher than the mainlanders. For example, in the last month, my bike has had two flat tyres. And I've been told twice by two different people that I must have upset the roads. Yes, the roads. The roads that I've been cycling on. One person suggested I carry salt with me and sprinkle it the next time I see a pothole in the road. While saying, this is to clean your wound. Now I know it's total superstition and nonsense. But I have put a sachet of salt in my bag, just in case. Anyway, I'm procrastinating. There is no, in use, place of worship on our island. Our festivals and celebrations are a little more pagan. We still celebrate Christmas, of course, but I mean, for example, we celebrate the solstice and equinox with the same fervour. In truth, probably as a historic hangover from times where people relied on a good harvest or something. There is one abandoned stone-walled Catholic church to the north of the island. It's very picturesque, stood overlooking the sea. It's long been deconsecrated and derelict, battered both by the seasons and decades of neglect. It's so isolated, it's hardly a surprise it fell out of favour. It stands alone, 
the only building at the end of a six-mile-long single road that just leads to the church and back. Its nickname in the village, a name given to it long before I was born, is Saint Liars. We use that term now as a location descriptor, such as, he was fishing off St. Liars, or he lost his dog around Liars. When we were children, around 14 years old, me and two of my friends decided to take a walk out to St. Liars. We, like most kids even now around here, were what you would call goths, dressed all in black and a love of dark, heavy metal and anything sprinkled with the occult. It's interesting. The popular music and dance or club scene or whatever never really took off here. A friend of mine from the mainland said they used to call the boat which came over from the island Sharon. Something to do with the ferryman who would transport the dead in the afterlife. She said they would say Looks like Sharon's docked, as a party of all-in-black goths would disembark and go miserably walking around their town. I found this hilarious when she told me. Anyway, back to the story. We set off for St. Liars around 2pm, and walked the six miles to the north of the island. My two friends, Peter and Michael, were full of stories they had heard about St. Liars. They say the priest hung himself in the vestry, said Peter. I heard the villagers strung him up there and then claimed to find him like that the next day, replied Michael. And so the theories were discussed more and more. We had that poor priest suspected of everything, from messing with children to murder, from making the women of the village pregnant to being a vampire. Somewhere along this walk, it was decided that we should hold a seance once we got there. I wasn't keen, but at that age it's easier to go along with something than it is to voice an opinion. So we arrive at St. Liars a few hours later. Already the sky was almost dark enough for us to need our torches. One thing stood out. This was our first time at St. Liars, and there was a graveyard. First, we didn't know there was a graveyard. But secondly, it stood out because there were only four gravestones. Now, wonky and unreadable. But only four. Not a bad last view, said one of the others. And they were right. From that graveyard, you would just see right out to sea. We were quite sensitive boys, and all discussed how sad it was that whoever was in these graves must have thought they'd soon be surrounded by others and that this place would be like a safe haven. Whereas now, they were quite literally forgotten. I mean, for example, we didn't even know there was a graveyard until we got there. We stayed in that graveyard until a few minutes passed and it was now undoubtedly time to put the torches on. So... Who's still up for the seance then? asked Mike. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I must admit, our little stay in the graveyard had made the seance idea seem a little in bad taste. But, like I've said earlier, at that age, you say nothing, you smile, and you agree to do something stupid. In this case, stupid is an understatement. There was one door to the church, long since frozen in a way that just allowed you to squeeze through into the lobby part, which in turn led out to the church proper. I can't emphasise just how dark it was in there. Thankfully, us islanders are used to such things, and a powerful torch and this should point out how different this place is, is something the boys in school were quite competitive about having. Therefore, us three were equipped well for this jaunt. One thing that really scared me, and still does, was the back wall behind the altar. There was the outline of a giant crucifix. Yes, I know that's a common thing in Catholic churches, giant crucifixes behind the altar. But this looked like the cross had just been removed. The wall behind where the cross had been was gleaming. I mean gleaming white compared to the damp stained walls around it. That's the room he hung himself, said Peter, pointing at a small door to the right of the altar. Shall we? We stood in silence. This all felt a little too terrifying to go on. But, again, the idiocy of youth found us nodding and precariously walking towards the door. As Mike reached out for the handle, there was movement inside. Like something, something brass was knocked over. Shit! Peter whispered as we stood frozen to the spot. Hello, I said. The other two looked at me as if I was mad. I told them to shush. And for some reason, I got very brave, very quickly. Hello, is someone in that room? There was no sound but the distant sound of the sea hitting the shore. We're coming in now, and there's three of us. So it's best you say something now. For me... This was very brave, though I don't know what I expected to happen. Then Mike stepped forward and kicked at the door ajar. It creaked open very stereotypically and quietly bumped into the wall as it opened fully. A smell came from out of the room, which I couldn't quite place. Shining our torches in, it was clearly an empty room except for a table with two candlesticks on it, one of which was on its side. That must have been the noise, I said, 
I bet a mouse done that. The other two just looked at me, unconvinced. Look at those arches, said Mike, shining his torch to the ceiling to show the long wooden beams arching across the roof of the room. I bet that was where he hung himself, he said. I was about to say, this is all getting a bit grim, when Peter said, look at that. He was pointing at the table. When we looked over, there was a crude carving on the tabletop. A strange pattern with lots of flicks and lines surrounded by a triangle. What the hell is that? There's a circle carved around where that candlestick is. There was. And another circle, presumably, where the other candle originally sat. My bravado had instantly disappeared. Let's just go, I said. Nonsense, this is why we're here. That's probably been there for years, said Mike. Let's do the seance around this table. Put that candle back. Let's light them and get really spooked. So, that's what we did. Is there anybody there? Asked Mike as we all held hands. There was a tussling sound in the bushes outside. Animals, that, whispered Mike. We'd like to speak to the priest who served here, said Mike. The candles fluttered as if in a breeze, making Peter grip our hands. It's an old church, Peter, it's just the wind, said Mike. Is there rent? There was a noise from inside the church. It sounded like one of the wooden pews had been pulled across the stone floor. We all turned to face the doorway, barely breathing. I'll go, said Mike. Standing in the doorway and sweeping his torch around the church. Hello? It's nothing, he said, and turned back around. I gasped as behind Mike I could swear that I saw the black shape of a person towering about a foot over him. This caused Mike to run into the room at me, shouting, What is it? He spun around so we all faced the door. Someone was behind you. Really? I I think so, yeah. We panted and stayed still. I'd have heard it though, wouldn't I? It must be your mind playing tricks, Mike said. At this point though, I'd had enough. I'm done, let's go, now. The other two seemed okay to agree this time around and we blew the candles out. Shit, let's leave now, very quietly. I think someone's here, I said. Why? whispered Peter. I told him the reason was, I recognised what I'd smelt when we first entered the room. Freshly snuffed out candles. Fear, unlike anything I've ever felt before, or since, ripped through my body. We had to leave the place quickly, but we couldn't run in case we drew attention to ourselves. So slowly, we walked towards the church door. As we arrived, Mike said, Is that something, or is it my eyes? Which, I said. There, he said, motioning with his torch. Is someone stood on the altar steps? 
I turned and shone my torch too. I could see what he meant, but thankfully thought it was just a trick of the light. No, no, that's a shadow, I said. But something had caught my eye. I looked back with my torch, and the back wall behind the altar was all damp and discoloured. The crucifix shape had gone completely. Let's get out now. We got out and ran a safe distance away from the church, now laughing and sharing stories. Fuck you, Saint Liar, shouted Mike, sticking two fingers back to the church as we sauntered away laughing. All was good. Run. The sort of panic shout that you don't question. When a friend does it, you just follow the command. We belted down that road until we collapsed in a heap out of breath, the church barely visible in the distance. What happened? I spluttered to Peter, who had his hands on his knees trying to regroup. The graveyard. What about it? There was about 20 people stood in it, pointing at us. What? Both me and Mike said at the same time. Seriously, continued Peter. All in black robes, just pointing. Come on, let's keep going. And so we ran. We only ever discussed that night amongst ourselves. I'm sad to say Peter was never the same after that night. He would say he felt like people were watching him and that he was convinced the same figures had been at the end of his garden one night when he looked out of his bedroom window. He grew more and more paranoid and due to this we drifted apart. I know he moved to England in his 20s and the last I heard he'd been hospitalised due to his mental state. I'd like to think his outcome is not completely down to this experience but sometimes it's hard to convince myself otherwise. As an end note, St. Liars is still there and is something of a beauty spot for tourists now. The graveyard has been turned into a picnic area and the four gravestones move to the very front of the cliff. Of course, the four bodies will still be under those picnic tables. As for the people in robes, well... Only Peter seen them, and we just ran off on his command. Given his life now, I often wonder were they even there in the first place? Were they what led to Peter being institutionalised? That story is genuinely one of the scariest ones that's been sent in so far. I think there's something about groups of people in the shadows, especially in that case, wearing robes, which puts the literal fear of God into me. We're obviously coming up to the scariest time of the year. Halloween is in the month of October, of course, and we're bounding towards it. If you have a scary story, or should I say, scary true experience that you'd like to share with the dark paranormal. You can send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com Don't forget, 
if you like your ghost stories a little bit more comedic and lighthearted, you can check out our other podcast. We need to talk about ghosts. Again, hosted by me, albeit in a lighter vein. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to The Dark Paranormal. And we'll be back in two weeks' time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.